Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Danny Kelly here. <coughs> no, I can't keep it up. It's actually me, Andy Goldstein. Thanks, Danny Kelly, for doing yesterday's podcast. But I am back now, fresh from the snooker shootout from the Watford Coliseum. What are you talking about? I didn't watch it. We well, should have. It was good. But I'm back. And I'm back with a bang, if you know what I mean. Because what a night of football we had last night. Liverpool came back from a goal behind, 2-1 down they were, to beat West Ham and take all three points. As you would imagine, happy, happy Liverpool fans. Very annoyed West Ham fans. On my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm on TalkSport. Once again, West Ham United behind from a potentially winning situation. The goal scorer, Mane. It's Liverpool 3, West Ham United 2. One thing that happened tonight is that David Moyes deserves the Ryan Allen Award. He comes to Anfield. I've seen more from that manager than Guardiola and Everton. He beat them with our kid. So as far as football goes, that West Ham set up for set pieces and took us at Anfield, and you've got to tip your hat for that. We take our three points, we get out of there. Yeah, I mean, they, you're right. They, I, I don't they know, they were so poor at the back, Ryan. That's what it in, what, in what sort of sense is the fact that we weren't firing and like, they kept Anderson dropped and well, played no, I think that two, two of the goals, at least, could have been avoided. How, how else were they? Yeah, two, two of the goals were leaked, but how else were they ever going to score? They come up, loaded on the set pieces, and, took, and nearly took the chance. And, and that you've got to take your off. Well, David Moyes has been underrated around here for years. He come there for years with Everton, got laughed out the park. And I tell you something, he can walk out with his, with his head held tonight, like David Moyes. Moyes, the way he set the team up there, like, I, don't, I don't really rate the guys, but you know what? He's he done a good job there today. I know you guys are saying that I'm saying um, basically uh, Liverpool were at 70% or whatever it is and stuff like that. He turned around and said uh, pre-match that he was going to defend, defend, defend. And he didn't do, right? What he'd done was like a psychological thing and, and he made, uh, sorry, he'd he done a really good uh, game against Liverpool. I thought he was spot on. I can't knock the performance to go to Anfield, the champions of the world, you know what I mean, and score two goals. I can't complain. Well, were they there for the taking tonight, do you think, Connor? It's one of the worst performances I've seen. And, and what, Hold on one second, Connor. When I say that, I mean Liverpool have just been outstanding all season whenever I watch them. So do you think when they put on that performance and you're 2-1 up with 20 minutes to go, you've missed a huge opportunity? Yeah, I think we should have got a point at least. Now, from there, we can head over to the press box. Not a real one. Don't start thinking, oh, I haven't got my car keys. I can't go to press. No, it's, it's the name of a show. It's aptly named because... 
I don't know why it's called that. It's just a show. Anyway, Danny Kelly was in the hot seat. Not really hot seat. Although if Danny Kelly was sitting on it, I suppose it was... Well, I can tell you it was very warm because after he left, I sat on the chair and I can confirm it was a hot seat. Alongside him was Kate Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan, Sean Custis and Tony Evans talking about Tyson Fury. The Gypsy King, Tyson Fury! It's wrong to be lionising Fury to such an extent and, and suddenly casting aside Anthony Joshua. I'm not a fan of Anthony Joshua's. I'm not an admirer. I think he's a flat-track bully. I think the reasons why people like Tyson Fury is because it's an authentic fight. He took a real fight. Mm. And, 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 and Joshua's been stage managed. He even thought he could walk past Anthony Ruiz and make his American debut by looking good against the fight that no one got a chance and he got caught short. And I'm glad he did to some extent. But the idea that somehow he's cast asunder and everything is Tyson Fury now is a bit imbalanced. And it's just the way sometimes things are. We need to celebrate brilliant. Yes, and, we, we do. and too often in this country we have a great culture of building people up so we can knock them down we like the perennial loser we like to see with no disrespect intended we like to see the Frank Bruno story where he was always the bridesmaid never the bride and of course when he beat Oliver McCall everyone was so thrilled in a very average heavyweight fight that he won and then got knocked out by Tyson but in this instance this is brilliance and he's British and I think that's right to celebrate right, awesome. it now we can head over to Jim White and Natalie Sawyer show called White and Sawyer. Actually, I think it's called the Mid-Morning Show, but that doesn't matter. Mark Clattenberg was on the show. He was talking VAR and the controversy surrounding it at the weekend. It's the only league in the world that encourages the referees not to look at the screen. So now the Premier League referees aren't the referee anymore. It's the VAR. And this is where the inconsistencies lie because if you've got inexperienced VAR instructing a very experienced referee it can't be right. And, you know, Michael Oliver on Saturday, the Chelsea-Tottenham game, should be the one that makes the final decision, not Dave Coote, the VAR in, in, in Stockley Park. And as a referee, I wouldn't be happy if I'm looking back at that after the game and not seeing that as a red card because I'm sure Michael Oliver, if he'd went to the screen, the monitor, he would have given a red card. For sure, he would give a red card. Hello, I'm Barry Glendenning and you're listening to TalkSport Daily. Now, legally, we have to have at least one bald person on the podcast, not my rules, the World Podcast Association rules. And we've got one in Danny Murphy. He was saying that having more experienced referees at Stockley Park won't solve the problem. Also on Jim White and Natalie Sawyer's show, not called White and Sawyer, but the mid-morning show. Yeah, I've already told you that. I don't want to launch in, Danny, to this fellow David Coote. It's, it's not a personal attack, but we have to refer to it because it hasn't gone unnoticed that he was a VAR official for Chelsea Tottenham at Stockley Park. And then he's on later on in the day for Leicester against City. But the major talking point, apart from the fact that Chelsea beat Tottenham, was the La Chelsea red card, which presumably, Stonewall, some bonker, red card. But he then goes into his duties as a VAR referee for Leicester City, knowing that all the talk is on the blunder regarding what happened at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, I, th- I think I think we have to give that some perspective. There was a large gap between the two games for some rest and recuperation. In it's bound to be in his mind. Yeah, but that, if if you go on, if you apply that rule to referee, and you you know refs every time they make a bad decision, what, what how long do you give them off before they ref again? Is there is there an amount of time? Well, no, surely not the same day. Surely not the same day. I, surely I under- they had to replace. I them. understand that argument. Yeah, with hindsight. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something they'll address. I I, I think. 
having someone monitoring whether they get decisions right and wrong is hard because some of them are subjective. It's, the, you have to be quite concise with VAR at the moment because there's so many areas to talk about. If you're talking about, like, first, number one, level of the referees using the VAR equipment, com- communicating with the referees on the pitch. Mm. Mark Clattenburg then suggests that's a different te- it's a different skill set. That's what I just heard him say. I take his word for that. If that's the case, then how do we know who the best are at VAR? You know, is Michael Oliver, who's one of our best referees, is he capable of doing the stop me part role? If we're going on what Mark Clattenburg, we're actually, what he's actually saying, if you narrow it down, is yeah. that the people doing the job of VAR referees in Stock- at Stockley Park are all learning on the job. Yes. None of them have got experience. But none of, no, but, but well, even the experienced refs went to do it. They've not done it before. It's a different skill set is what he's saying. Yes, so, he so, so he therefore, is. we are we we either we have to accept that there's going to be mistakes made from the VAR referees. Now, what I can't accept, and take away my views of not having VAR because we're talking about the fact that it is here. What what you can't accept is any excuse for bad communication in terms of look, this is a bad tackle. Why don't you go, go to the a, monitor? Go to the monitor because this yeah. is a naughty one, and I'm not sure. Or yeah. because he can't he can't have been a hundred percent that that wasn't a sending off. He must have been playing in his mind a little bit because it's human nature to go, hmm, actually, did he mean it? Did he not? He, and as soon as that comes in your head, he should have passed it on. Yes. Why aren't they using the screens more? I get the time, but we're not talking about time of our own. We're talking about right decisions is what they always yeah. insist on. Time now to check in with the ginger fellow in the loud shirts, Adrian Durham, or AD, as no one's ever called him. They should, AD. Yeah, they do call him that. But I think they call him that because Adrian could be AD. Like, I don't think they're using the D for Durham in the AD. I think it just, if anyone's called Adrian, like Adrian Lewis, a dark player, you probably call him AD Lewis. They do call him AD Lewis. And his surname begins with L. So really, if you're going by my prognosis, you should be calling him AL. But then that's how, and that changes his... Anyway, Adrian Durham was talking about VAR, saying it's taking fans for a ride. That's nice, isn't it? VAR taking people out. Anyway, it's not fair on the fans. This is a heartfelt rant from AD. Sorry, Adrian Lewis. Sorry, Adrian Durham. I'm full of admiration for fans, actually, for putting up with this rubbish. My tolerance level is just about peaking. The VAR mantra last summer was minimum interference, maximum benefit. Uh, But right now, we're considering law changes to accommodate VAR. The very presence of VAR has led many of us, including ex-players, to conclude that on-pitch ref standards are declining as they choose not to make decisions rather than get things wrong. They know they've uh, got VAR to back them up. I mean, there's as much, if not more, controversy with VAR as there was before. VAR's not made it better. Even when Chelsea were awarded their first goal at the weekend after VAR checked it, their fans were still singing how much they hated VAR. It's a sad state of affairs, this. The game is... It's in a sad state of affairs when we've allowed the will of the referees to override the will of the fans. That's what's happened here. We've let the referees and what they needed take over from what was good for football fans, and I feel quite sad about that. Back to boxing now, and Tyson Fury's former trainer, son of Harley, Ben Davison, said that Fury's decision to replace him and have a new trainer in his corner turned out to be the right one. Yeah, I mean, well, I could have told you that. He won, didn't he? What's most important to me is Tyson being victorious, you know. I've got many years in this sport. Tyson had said to me that he wanted to adopt a more aggressive approach to it, and it was the right decision for him. That proved, it proved to be the right decision for him, you know. And obviously, I wanted him to be victorious more than anything. So, 
me and him, uh, we're, as as well as a coach-trainer relationship, a coach-fighter relationship, we had a friendship that was, was more than anything else. So, you know, I wanted him to win, and if that meant that I wasn't going to be there, put bluntly, if it meant that I wasn't going to gain from it, from it financially, that doesn't matter, as long as what was best for him, and it proved to be the right decision. Tyson had actually said to me quite a while ago that he wanted to start fast and start hard against Deontay Wilder. He had actually said it to me that way, and I actually said to him, you know, there's a couple of ways you can go about it. You can haggle Hearns him, or you can Sugar Ray Leonard Hearns uh, him, and you know, a mix of that approach was, was what we were talking about. For him to, but for him to actually go out there and do that showed enormous amount of minerals. Let's put it that way. Hello, I'm Max Rushton. And if you hear Barry Glendening's version of this, you're listening to Toolsport Daily, please let me know on Twitter because he's convinced they won't use it. And I don't think they'll use it either. Back to the mid-morning show now. And Spencer Oliver was on saying that Deontay Wilder is the worst heavyweight boxer ever to win a world title. I'm not sure he's got that right. Four words, Andy Ruiz Jr. Take his power away, Deontay Wilder, and and he's probably, and this is and, and, and this is my honest opinion, I think that he's probably the worst technical heavyweight boxer in history to have won a world title. I mean he's got no he's got no boxing ability. I mean, he doesn't. He throws. It's simple. He throws a jab and he rushes in at fast pace to land the right hand, and that's where the power comes from. From the third round onwards, his legs never recovered. Wilders, you could see that his legs were too far apart, and and the balance was terrible. He was all over the place, and he all he was doing was looking for that one big shot. And then, and funny enough, in the build up to that, Deontay Wilder kept referring to this 36 minutes of a fight, 12 rounds, three minutes each round, I've just got to land one right hand. So I think that was in the back of his mind. And you can't land the right hand without landing the jab, without finding the range. And and that was that become evident as the fight unfolded. And from the third round onwards, he never recovered. And um, it was a historic moment for British boxing. It really was. Time now to hear from old Breadhead, as certain players have referred to him. Not me. I would give him the utmost respect. Probably say, Mr. Allardyce, hello, how are you? Do you want a pint of wine? Anyway, this is him talking about how he tried to buy Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang when he was at Everton and how important it is that Arsenal try and keep hold of him. It was about 60 million or 70 mil, I think. That, I don't think we could go that far at the time, but we were searching for goals since Lukaku went, and I just wanted to sort of test the fact did that... You, did you get talking to him? Did he want to come? Uh, only, through, only through a couple of... Uh, through his agent. We had a shout that, you know, he was that desperate to get away from Germany, get into the Premier League, apparently. We thought we'd have, mm. have a dab. We didn't get very far, to be fair. I don't know what Arsenal are going to do. They can't afford to let another one run out of contract, I don't think, when his value is... is going to be taken up at, if so he doesn't it, sign a contract yeah. by this summer he's got to go they'll have to sell him and that's yeah. a great shame for Arsenal fans and Arsenal because what he's done in goal terms has been uh, has been absolutely miraculous yeah. oh, and he's, he's quality isn't he he's he a quality cool, from, cool he's, clinical the way he just tucks him away brilliant. he's one of the few players Alan that loves to run in behind mm. he doesn't want to come to feet he wants balls played down the side of the centre house and the, the fullbacks in yeah. the channel and he gets on the end of it and he slots them away and I've been very impressed with a couple of headers he's done recently as well mm, in the yeah. box where he's got, got up there and got in and sometimes even from wide where he's been played on a number of occasions has scored goals from there but mm. I know he prefers to play up front And stay with football we can hear from John Motson 
legendary commentator. We're talking about Bruno Fernandes. Could be the signing to save Manchester United's season and Solskjaer's job. This was on one of my favourite shows, Hawksby and Jacobs, where, of course, Paul... Huh? Max Rushton was... Oh, fast forward this bit. It's going to be rubbish. Should we just do Man United before the break? Um... That was a. There were two lovely goals. I mean, Bruno Fernandes got a lot of the headlines. Yeah. Um, the, the finish from Greenwood was great, but Martial's finish, Motti, is well, superb. Isn't I, it? I think that, and I also think that Bruno Fernandes is going to be a terrific player for Manchester United. That could be the signing that sways the future, mm. the short-term future of Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think this guy can provide them with a, an element that they didn't have. And I think when you think that they've got players, well, obviously not not quickly, Rashford and so on to come back, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're beginning to look like a team. Yeah, I mean, that was two wins in a row, um, <laughs> which hasn't happened very often under Ollie. I think it's only the third time. But um, Manchester United are now in a proper challenging European position. It's amazing how crises uh, begin and end so quickly in the Premier League, isn't it? Now that's nearly it, but of course, there's always time for a bit more Sports Bar Love. My show, Andy Goldstein's Monday at Thursday from 10pm. Lots happened in tonight's show, including Name That Kickoff Time, Midnight Train of Madness, Boxing Chat with Dan Raphael, and lots of other bits and pieces. I don't know what Tom the producer's putting in, but if all of that and more isn't in it, let me know. Tweet me, Andy Goldstein 05. Use the hashtag SackTom. For Deontay Wilder. And he's got a spectacular outfit on. What do you make of that? That's like a da- Daimonte Spider-Man. That- <laughs> best, that, that's the best description I've heard all day. That was a heavy-looking costume. And Deontay told me he was wearing the gear for like 15 minutes before he even walked to the ring. Not the helmet, but the, but the whole get-up. And then you put the helmet on. Uh, you know, you're going to restrict your breathing a little bit. It was, uh, if you watched the fight, you know, it was a very long and protracted and sort of uh, dramatic ring walk. So he was in that for a little while. Then he's got to go up with all the gear on up the steps. You know, my advice to any prize fighter, you know, you want to do an elaborate ring walk. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Don't wear a yeah. costume. If Tyson Fury had gotten knocked out, uh, he certainly would have had the right to exercise a rematch clause also. It just so happened that it was Deontay Wilder on the mm-hmm. short end of the night, and he's going to exercise his rematch clause. So we're going to see this fight again, and there's going to be a lot of hype and a lot of excitement about it. And, you know, we'll see if, can, you know, it'll be a lot of questions. You know, he'll realize that you have to do things a little bit differently. Tyson Fury will have to see if he can, you know, put on another great performance like he did, where he told us what he was going to do. And not only did he go out there and try to do that, he executed it perfectly. Can he do it a second time? There will be a lot of intrigue and a lot of questions in the rematch. Yes, we'd like to see Fury versus Joshua, obviously, but I'm perfectly fine with the trilogy fight since that's uh, what we all knew we were going to get anyway. 15 years ago, yeah. I was on the top of a mountain in, in, in France, right, in the Pyrenees where I live. And my daughter was having her 15th birthday. Right. And what she How wanted to do was camp on the top of a hill. Right. And I had a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! You no! no! snored no! him off. Josh has snored him off. No, Josh, you snored him ma- off. We won't get back to 2035 no, now. he just snored Martin off. Wow. You know, the That's his best story. story in 15 years. <laughs> I bet he's fun in the pub. No, no, no. no Martin's coming in, everyone. Don't not, don't. Have a pop at Martin. Martin's he's taken fifteen years. It's a good story. It's a good news story. Fifteen years. That's what he's got. He's got the old recycling clothes story. Fifteen years. He's taken Martin fifteen years to vote up with the old. <laughs> and would you believe it? Uh, the clothes on. He's, he's thinking. <laughs> what's my best story in fifteen years? What can I play? Oh, no, I no, want to no, know. I want to know the no. one he thought. Actually, that's not good enough. I, that's the one what, I want to hear. Close second. 
I like, I like my. I don't think the midnight trains were him, though. I'm going to say that. No. I'm not, well, Jay, Jay's still talking. I'm getting on a bit, and he was on my bucket list anyway, so there you go. Oh, okay. Mike, what a great story, Martin. <laughs> okay, love... okay, okay. Thanks, Martin. Bye. bye. Cheers. Bye, there you go. Definitely. He told didn't... the whole so story that... while he was off air. Oh, we, we were just That's talking. Amazing. There. He was talking over. He didn't hear us. That's he was whole, talking the whole time. The whole story. <laughs> And that was on his bucket list. We don't even. We haven't got a clue. What's and, on his bucket list. and that was on my bucket list. But that's it for another podcast. I think good work, everyone. A quick reminder, of course. If you like it, you're thinking, oh, I like more of this. But how can I do it? It seems to be the only one. Firstly, sort your voice out, and secondly, of course, you can go to Acast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts to get more of the same. A quick reminder before I go: live commentary of the Champions League match between Napoli and Barcelona. Why haven't you got the English games? Too expensive. Is on TalkSport 2. Ray Stubbs presents commentary from Ian Danter and Paul Parker. That's it. Make sure you join me and the fun boy from 10pm tonight on the back of the other game involving Chelsea from 10pm on TalkSport. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.